0: It's time for love talk with the love ladies Kathy, Carrie, and Marley.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on KTXW, the Bridge Austin, Central Texas. Christian Talk. Great to have you with us today, friends. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and the other love ladies are Kathy Indebrock and Marlene McMichael. We're a great team, and we are so grateful that you are here with us today. And, of course, our amazing and wonderful producer, Gavin. Thank you, Gavin, for making us sound so good each week. Hello, ladies, in the Love Love Talk studio. Hi, Marlene. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Kathy Indebrock, how's it going?
0: I am having a wonderful day, and I hope all of our listening friends have enjoyed some sunshine this week. That's S O N, shine, sunshine, the light of Jesus. And friends, we just want to tell you today that Jesus loves you and He is pursuing your heart today, and He desires to bring joy and to bring peace where anxiety and turmoil presently have a hold. And we are sure are glad that you're with us today. We want to bring a good word to you and we're going to be talking a little bit about calming the fearful heart. We have the incredible guest June Hunt with us today and we're going to be introducing her in just a moment. We're going to be talking about anxiety. And friends, if you've ever experienced that, if you have friends who have experienced that, if you have teenagers, they are probably going through some anxiety right now. So we're mm-hmm. going to talk about how to calm that fearful heart and how to, how to take anxiety, um, head on and, um, make some really good intro, inroads and come to a place where we have peace and joy instead of anxiety. So Marlene, Coach Carey, I'm so excited about today's program and the difference that it's going to make in the lives of so many of our listeners.
2: I am very excited about the program. I mean, I think the thing that uh just stands out in the world today is that whole issue of anxiety and and even depression because it's at pandemic levels mm-hmm. uh, in the world and and you know I experience it on occasion as well so i'm'm I'm really interested in talking to June today, but it's um especially present in our teenagers, I think uh, because they they didn't grow up in a safe world like i did mm-hmm. and so i think that's a, a real big mm-hmm. thing and so i want to read our our verse today it's proverbs 12:25 and it says anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down but a good word makes him glad mm-hmm. and so what we're hoping today is that we hear a good word we know we're going to and that all of our listeners are lifted up because of it
1: mm-hmm. we have an honorary left lady with us today don't we Kathy I We do.
0: I love our honorary love lady. She love walks and love talks with the best that God has put on this earth. And, friends, she has been with us as early as last January. And for any friends who, um, after hearing the program today, if you think, oh, my goodness, I want to hear more about what she has to share, you can go into our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. And uh, just type in June Hunt and that interview will come right up from January and you can enjoy a little bit more. Well, I want to introduce June and just get right into into this and just uh, hearing everything that she has to say on this topic because uh, she has so much experience, depth of experience to share around this. Well, June is the founder and the CSO, that is the Chief Servant Officer, of Hope for the Heart Ministries, which is a worldwide biblical counseling ministry that she founded in 1986. And this ministry now offers biblical hope and practical help in more than 60 countries on six continents. That is an impact. She is also a best-selling author, accomplished singer, international speaker, and her personal life work has yielded landmark contributions in the field of Christian counseling. And, and now this, I think, is what makes so such a big difference is that early family pain was the catalyst that shaped June's compassionate heart. So she speaks from a place of experience and understanding, and she has pursued a lifelong commitment to provide God's truth. For today's problems. And over 27 years ago, June began a nighttime call-in program called Hope in the Night, and she chose to address the deep heart topics that no one else spoke about physical and verbal abuse, sexual addiction, depression, fear, drug addiction. And June saw that the nighttime somehow amplified the hopelessness, and so she stepped into those dark dark hours to offer help and hope to all of her callers. And friends, Hope in the Night has aired on hundreds of radio stations from coast to coast and internationally, and it actually airs, Coach Carrie and Marlene, on our same radio station, The Bridge Austin, Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. So, friends, everyone listening to this broadcast, you too can call and ask June your personal problems. And so I will tell you so much that June has to share. She actually has developed a Counseling Through the Bible, which is a scripturally-based counseling course that addresses a hundred topics, such as marriage, parenting, boundaries, anger, addiction, and abuse – Friends, there is nothing that you have gone through that uh, June cannot address. It's just uh, an amazing, amazing breadth of experience. She's, she's received numerous awards and accolades in broadcasting, ministry, leadership, and writing. And her passion to help others is fueled by her joy in seeing a life change through Christ. And her recent book we are going to be speaking about today it is Calming the Fearful Heart. June Hunt, welcome to Love Talk. It is so wonderful to have you with us again.
3: I just love you all. I just think you're. I'm, I'm giving you a big hug uh, all the way from Dallas to Austin, but it gets there. <laughs> it does Aww. indeed.
1: Aww, thank you, June. It's always great to have you on the program, June. You're, you are such um, a wealth of information, and we're so excited for you. You have a new book out titled Anxiety. Calming the Fearful Heart. So, this is book number, I don't know how many books you've written, June, but a lot. Why did you think it was so important to write this book on
3: anxiety? Actually, um, this word, anxiety, has now eclipsed what was number one in terms of mental health issues, depression. It now is... Uh, over, uh, over depression, the word anxiety, mm-hmm. even though I'm, I'm aware that a lot of people don't necessarily understand, um, anxiety. I, I remember, um, candidly thinking, I don't have anxiety. And yet, <clears throat> then when I was actually working on this topic, um, I began to remember things in my past. Uh, and it's complicated because uh, my past is painful uh, with having a, a father who had three families going on concurrently, and I grew up with a fictitious last name. I was June Wright, and we were the supposedly the Wright family, even mm. though what was going on was wrong. I mm. thought that was <laughs> an odd play on words. Um, but the, the, uh, the, the difficulty was this. My dad sometimes, uh, eventually my my parents married when I was 12. We moved into his house, and 11 months later they, they married. And uh, things got worse. Uh, dad would come into my room and say, your mother's mentally ill today. Now, that may not sound like a big deal, but my father's eldest son from his first marriage was institutionalized and lived in the East Coast Uh because of mental illness, and he was paranoid, schizophrenic, and and I understood about him, but then for him to be telling me multiple times that my mother was mentally ill, um, it, uh, it put terror in my heart because I was afraid, this is my fear, this is my anxiety, I was afraid that he was going to, well, I'll just put it this way, I think money can buy power. Mm-hmm. uh with a corrupt person so dad had money I thought he could buy a psychiatrist to say yes she is mentally ill and then m- mother would be institutionalized and uh be gone uh and uh I so I lived in that with that fear as a teenager and I had a uh I, I did talk to uh, a man, my friend's father was FBI, and I said, what if a boy were to, and then I had a father who would do something like this, and and he said, well, even though he, uh, the boy is 15, then he would need to have, uh, uh, try to take him to court, but he's going to have to have an older adult, uh, an adult to represent him. And so I told no one. I had a defense fund. I would not buy a a nickel, anything. I would not every penny, everything that I could. And I wasn't given an allowance, so I didn't have money anyway. But um, I would even go steal a little. My dad had a little tray of of cash, you know, that he might empty out from the night, uh, before going to sleep. And so the next day I would look and I think, well, I don't think he would miss this quarter. I don't think he would miss it, but it all went for my defense fund. Mm -hmm. And I did that for years, uh, until finally I realized it was the year before he died. I I thought, I don't think he is now going to do this, but I did learn after my mom died that, uh, this, from her best friend, this was her greatest fear. She said it terrorized your mother when your father would take your mother to, uh, psychiatrists. But never was a psychiatrist ever saying that, uh, that your mother is mentally ill, and I was thankful for that, but I had anxiety. Do you understand I, but i didn 't even think of it as anxiety, but there was just this constant sense of uncertainty, not knowing when the rug could be pulled up uh, underneath um, the table, if you will, uh, or underneath me and uh, and even talking about it now i can I can sense. Uh, Uh, the anxiety that that I felt for many, many years.
1: Wow,
0: I, that is, I mean, that's devastating to hear about it. I cannot imagine being a child in that circumstance and waking up to that fear and going to bed with that fear. And yet in in, in your mind, you were just taking practical steps to what you saw as a, a possible circumstance that you might find yourself in. So June, I, for those listening today, would you, be able to help us maybe um, define anxiety and maybe help us to understand what is the difference between anxiety and maybe some everyday worries or concerns
3: well it's understandable I, I think we don't typically define and actually anxiety is kind of an unusual word it is an emotion uh, it's an emotion of apprehension nervousness over something imminent that could occur, but it has no certain outcome. Uh, So just think of the word uncertainty. It's like you just don't know. You just don't know. It's hoping something will happen but having no guarantee that it will or fearing something will happen but having no assurance that it won't. And so, in a way, though, after a period of time, it's like anxiety reflects this excessively negative presumption, meaning overestimating the probability of danger, over exaggerating the terribleness of something. And it's interesting that Jesus actually uh, gives a warning be careful, or your heart will be weighed down with the anxieties of life. Mm that's mm-hmm. in Luke 21 but the point is uh, there are times when things are out of our control uh, and that's the point, we can't control it but we have this uncertainty will it happen, something bad or will it not happen being protected I may not be able to be protected so the difference, and that's a, a great question what is the difference between anxiety and worry and at one time I didn't know I had written this book I had the manuscript ready to go to the publisher, How to Handle Your Emotions. And just before I released the manuscript, I went, wait a minute. Worry is not an emotion. How to handle your emotions. Worry is not an emotion. It's a mental process. Uh, it, it's ruminating on what if so-and-so happens, all these what-ifs. Um In other words, worry is not an emotion like joy, anger, love, um, but it can, after a period of time, reveal a hidden fear and then you begin to worry on it. Uh, The difference could be this way. We're June,
0: I, I am just going to stop you right there, and I hate to stop you. And, listeners, I know you're saying, whoa, 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 wait, wait, don't stop her, but we're going to have to go to break, friends. We have amazing sponsors who keep Love Talk on the air, and we have the beautiful opportunity at the moment to go and listen to those sponsors. And uh, just they will take a few moments to share with you the services and goods that they offer. We depend on them, friends, and we just want to let you know that you can depend on them, too. June Hunt, we're going to be right back. You're going to start to define for us. The the, what worry is, and friends, you're going to want to stay with us to find out from June Hunt the difference between anxiety and worry. What are you struggling with? Which one? And we're going to come up with solutions for handling both. We'll be right back with you. Stay with us.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies, Coach Carrie Brinkater, Kathy Enderbrock, and Marlene McMichael with our honorary Love Lady, June Hunt, who we absolutely adore. And we learn so much from you, June. Uh, You have such a gift of being able to speak to us right where we are. I mean, I think that's just a a gift of your ministry is you're able to speak to people um, at whatever stage of life they're in. And um, God has given you a real gift and we thank you for sharing it with us today. And um, today we're specifically discussing your new book, Anxiety, Calming the Fearful Heart. And you shared a, a, just a, heart-wrenching story of when you were younger, I can't imagine keeping nickels and dimes and quarters in a jar beside my bed so that if I needed it, I could protect my mom with a lawyer. I, I, June, that is, wow. And I can understand how that produced um, anxiety in you and that you didn't even know what that was as a teenager. Um, but later on you put your, your thumb on it and said, you know what, that's exactly what that was. And even as you tell the story, June, I can kind of hear it in your voice, just the, the emotion. Cause you, you told us that anxiety is an emotion and I could hear that in your voice as you tell that story because, um, it impacted you in, in such a strong way. So before we went to break, um, we're looking at worry and anxiety and you said that worry is not an emotion but it's a mental process about ruminating on the what-ifs of life and Mm -hmm. that anxiety is kind of a sense of uncertainty and it's a constant emotion of apprehension and nervousness so
3: um, flesh that out a little bit more for us if you would June well we could compare it the two together Um. Worry is experienced through thoughts. Anxiety is experienced through emotions. Uh, Worry focuses uh, on a linear problem. It's dealing with problem solving in search of strategies to find a solution. Um, Anxiety is more cyclical. It's being on a hamster wheel and you feel you can't get off. Uh, Worry can call. And this is important to know the difference. Worry can cause mild emotional distress. Anxiety can cause severe emotional distress. Uh, Worry often is based on realistic concerns, most often. Uh, However, uh, anxiety often is based on unlikely concerns, uh, unlikely that something would happen worry actually is easier to deal with. It can be controlled because you change the thoughts. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jesus said the truth sets you free. We're told we are transformed by the renewing of our what? Mind. 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 So, see that's the worry part. So, that's much easier to deal with. Anxiety is more difficult to control because worry rarely disrupts daily living. Anxiety can severely disrupt daily living, lingering for long periods of time, and even progressing into other more severe issues.
2: Jean, I was visiting with my daughter just the last few days, and we, we, we had like this 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> discussion. But <laughs> And she she deals with – I mean, her position is that she deals with human trafficking victims and, and hmm. tries to bring recovery and, and services to them. But she was talking about trauma and the fact that even though you look normal, a trauma trigger can, can – well, a – a remembrance of a trauma or or an association with a trauma can trigger a entirely re-emergence into the whole thing. And, it, and so, speak to anxiety in relationship to trauma and how those two play with each other, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Well, made, immediately
3: I thought young people need to learn how to think about this. By the way, uh, every one of us. I'm going to assume has had anxiety. Did you ever have a final exam, uh, like for a, a project and it, and it counted like 50% of your grade? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's typical for us to have some, that would be normal anxiety because it is a certain uncertainty. You're not sure what grade you're going to get. You're not sure what test, uh, what, what the questions on the test might be. But what you're talking about is something much more severe if you're talking about trafficking talking about human trafficking uh, uh, the things that happen sex trafficking Um, there there will be at times an anxiety disorder a disorder interrupts normal functioning whenever you hear and there are many disorders that uh, a person that, that are in the world and um but you you used a phrase um that immediately i think of the word trigger uh and you can think of a gun and if that if if pulled that trigger is pulled all of a sudden here's a bullet and the the point is if i'm and I'll, I'll be specific let's say there is has been uh childhood sexual abuse what you find is many victims of sexual abuse when they have a marriage they are now married and it's normal and right for there to be a marital sexual relationship that's actually designed by god it's for bonding in marriage but when there has been early abuse then any touch in the area of the sexual sensitivities can trigger those negative wrong behaviors but that Or somebody else causing that and therefore they can feel bad they can feel dirty they can feel afraid it it, it can cause a number of different issues that uh they don't want and that's important that's why helping someone in counseling to help them deal with the pain of the past can be incredibly beneficial so that what is in the past, that was wrong, is no longer has control over them now. I like the term. I love yeah. <laughs>
0: that what that it no longer has control over them now. And I, I know that there are some listening friends out there, and they're thinking, this thing is controlling me, and and I, I don't want it impacting my not my life negatively. I want healing, but I feel like I should just be able to get over this. I feel like I should just be able to buck up and and get over it. But I think, June, there's a lot of myths about anxiety. Could Could you share with us maybe what is the biggest myth about anxiety when people are experiencing it and they're trying, they want, they have a desire to get past it?
3: Well, one key myth would be because I have this anxiety disorder, I should always avoid whatever makes me feel anxious. Mm. No. Uh, Avoiding makes you more anxious because it's not solving the problem. Um, uh, For example, I had a precious, (laughs) I have a dear friend. She is a little girl. Um, She would literally scream when a uh, a a dog a little dog would appear at the grandmother grand, grandparents home and her dad would have to pick her up carry her inside made no sense it was a little dog a little chihuahua okay later later you know and it, whenever a dog would be around and by the way there's no bigger dog lover than my friend barbara mm-hmm. today but <laughs> but she couldn't understand later after uh it was after uh her dad and mom had given her a little puppy and initially she was afraid then it became fine she began to pet this and protect this little puppy a uh, a little um a little uh, a little dog mm-hmm. and and then she became fine. she remembered a few years after that, her grandmother would say, if you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to feed you to the chow next door. Oh, oh. That Didn't... traumatized her because she believed her. Now, children are literalists, and they believe what they're told when they're young. So she thought she was going to be eaten by this dog next door, a chow, big chow. And the bad part of that is she didn't know to tell her parents what she had been told by the grandmother and the mother that grandmother was a mean grandmother by the way and so um what what was needed was exposure to what gave her fear that's important mm-hmm. exposure to like for example let's say kathy you had uh this irrational anxiety of um uh, of elevators so is the solution for you to avoid elevators from now on well (laughs) you would think so but no this is what you would do and this is what is called a phobia and so you literally if you're going to help Kathy See, you all are Marlene. You know, you're gonna help. Y'all are gonna help me, girls. Right. You're gonna help me get through this. We're going so, to shove her go... in that elevator. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you go to an elevator that's not a busy, busy elevator. But, but you just stand there and watch people come off. People go in. They come off. They do. They do go in, but they do come off. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the point is, then you're gonna do this eventually, and you're gonna claim the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I will walk in now. Marlene, you're walking in with Kathy and, and, and then you walk out of the elevator. You walk in and out and you're saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then the next day, uh, after you could do that for several days, and then you go one flight up, one flight down and, and get off. And then later, five flights and, Um, So it's exposure. It's called exposure therapy. Okay. It's an irrational fear. That's what a phobia is. It's an irrational fear. And so it helps us when we really get exposed to the truth. The truth is I don't need to be afraid of an elevator. Some people are afraid of bridges. Uh, some like Barbara was afraid of of a dog, which she just adores dogs and has had many types of dogs and and yet, or cats or uh, all kinds of phobias. But um, that they the, a person can have an anxiety attack when they're not dealing with this in a healthy way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I love that, June. I'd love for you to talk to us about about this. I know that sometimes after a person has been in exposed to stressful circumstances for a prolonged period of time that they can also begin to have like a panic attack and i've you know my my daughter she had um she had been in a, in a traveling situation and um with with a larger group and some very difficult challenging things had happened and so she called me and she said mom my 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 mind is racing my heart is is won't stop thumping and i can't think clearly i just can't do this anymore and i could just hear in her voice like she was falling apart and i said okay sweetie calm down you're just having a mild panic attack it's just fine you haven't gotten the sleep that you need to get And your diet has been a little bit all over the place and this has been a super stressful situation. We're just going to talk through this. Go. Are you in a place where you can go for a walk where it's safe? And she said, yes. So, so she went for a walk and we just talked on the phone and she said, Oh my goodness. I'm feeling, I'm feeling better. And, um, so how, how can a person actually identify, um, that they are having maybe an anxiety attack or a panic attack i I know that a lot of times june our there's a statistics with our youth that they now operate out of a place of anxiety, like anxiety is their 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 neutral almost emotion, like they wake up feeling anxious, they go to bed feeling anxious how How do we kind of break that cycle, and how can our youth or moms or dads, anyone listening? actually realize, oh, this is a problem, and I need to do something differently, and I need to get help on this?
3: Great question. Um, I'll tell you, whether it's an anxiety attack or a panic attack, there will always be uh, initial signs would be hyperventilation. Their hearts are racing, because they have this anxiety. They have this fear. They have this panic. And so they are literally breathing faster than the body would typically be able to be producing. I need to say it this way. If adrenaline is being thrown into your body because of this huge fear or anxiety, um, and yet there's no... Real cause that's causing this, uh, then there's going to be a, a chemical reaction. By the way, your body, our bodies, are created with a physical defense system, and there are all kinds of positive things that happen. For example, to breathe faster would could be getting uh, blood into the extremities to be able to have the large muscles run faster. To escape a, a bad situation, there there are reasons. But when there is not a cause, all of a sudden now there is lightheadedness. There are things that happen. So I'll, I'll tell you what I came up with. Um, I was actually uh, speaking in Houston. My let's see, uh, I had a a uh, friend, Nita whose husband worked at NASA, and she came, and I had not seen her for a few years since college. And then she told me, she said, I uh, I actually had agoraphobia. And at that time, this was years ago, I, I didn't know what that was. I said, what is that? And she said, I'm a librarian at a school, and I can't uh, leave my home. Hmm. And I, I had not heard of that years ago. And, and I said, what did you do? And so she said, uh, she went to some specialist. They gave her some affirm, affirmations. So, uh, later when words of affirmation, she said they really helped her. And so I contacted her. I said, Nita, could you send me those affirmations, those words of affirmation? And I got them and I looked at this and I thought, hmm, okay, this wasn't Christian based. So, I decided I would devise the 23rd Psalm project, Mm. taking the 23rd Psalm. In fact, I think I'm going to have you help me do this. So think of the first five words of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. imagine if you all of a sudden were lightheaded and your heart's racing, and the problem is, because your heart is racing, you've got to slow down the uh, the breathing. In other words, you're not you're not dealing with the carbon dioxide situation and not monoxide, but dioxide. Mm-hmm. You need to have a much, much, much deeper breath breathing. So imagine if you were seeing Jesus. by the way, the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So he's present if you're a a true, authentic Christian. So just imagine you in the pastoral scene, and Jesus is present. And then now you're, you're saying, the Lord is my shepherd. But emphasize the word the, you're going to say the sentence again, the Lord. Emphasize each of the five words. The Lord is. So. We're going to do it this way. Would you all help me? Sure. Okay? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Imagine now your heart's racing, but you know you're going to have to breathe much deeper because of this rapid breathing. It's too much. So what we're going to we are going to do is we're going to say, "The, the Lord, Lord is my shepherd." shepherd. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the Lord, Lord is my, my shepherd. shepherd. Then deep breath. The Lord is my shepherd. 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 Deep breath. Deep breath. Now, you see the rest of the 23rd psalm um he restores my soul you can do the same thing Mm -hmm. you know he or you could make the shepherd restores my soul you go and and by that time the lightheadedness is off actually you're having to think you're really having to think you're putting your brain in gear but it's also dealing with the truth jesus says the truth sets us free so what we want to do is focus on what he will give us. In fact, Isaiah 40, uh, 31 says those who trust in the Lord will find uh, new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The point is when anxiety attacks, uh, when your strength is at a, a low ebb, and you're feeling uh, uneasy and panicked in any way, uh, you remember, He is your shepherd. He restores your soul. Mm-hmm. And I think what we can do is model, we could actually take Scripture and apply it to our physical defense system where we're needing to, to counter what is going on in our physical bodies.
1: Mm. You know, I I really, I love that because I've experienced when I was coaching, I, in the middle of a game, I had a player who had an anxiety attack, as best I can describe it. And, you know, if you've been playing basketball, your heart rate is already elevated, right? And so I... I didn't know what to do you know um i I've experienced blood and a lot you know other things, but not an anxiety attack and so yeah. that was very interesting, but um you know really just concentrating focusing on something else in a positive way, especially scripture i mean the psalm twenty third project that's amazing if you could get down to I will fear no evil yes. i mean Wow, that's pretty powerful when you're having an attack based on an ear like you said an irrational fear or of something that may or may not occur, right? right? Um so very very helpful. Um in your experience, we did have a couple of minutes left here in this segment, June, but in your experience counseling Has this really been a tool that has, I mean, I would assume has revolutionized and just helped people in amazing ways?
3: We had a a, uh, wonderful uh, person on our staff, and she all of a sudden got moved from the counseling area to international, but she had this huge anxiety of flying, and she tells us she used the twenty-third Psalm, because she she had a, a phobia of flying, and how can you do that and fly internationally mm-hmm. to help people? And um, so she tells that very story, and yes, it does work uh, even at our ministry, and she has thanked me over and over mm-hmm. for that model. I want you to think of this one thing: there is what is called. Uh, a, a scripture cast all your anxiety on him mm-hmm. because he cares for you mm-hmm. did any of you ever fish go fishing yes yes okay well you know my, my uncle charlie in treeport he took me fly fishing and i had never didn't know how to do this he showed me how to take the weight on that line and you've got to literally place it around the roots and all well i learned i uh, first, uh, it didn't go. Anywhere. It went only a few feet. Uh, when I arched, but he said, he said, arch your your rip, your your line, and all. And now I'm reeling back in, and I'm learning to do this. And I, and I got great. But the Bible doesn't say cast all your anxiety and reel it back in. <laughs> the Bible says cast all your anxiety on Him. And leave it there. And leave it there. So we need to be able to cast and literally before the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord, that you love me, you have a plan for me, and I trust you with my life. So a lot of this is replacing our thoughts that will help us with the anxiety. Of life. I
0: love that. June, uh, friends, are you casting your anxiety on him and reeling it back in? Uh, we're going to talk more about this. How do we keep from reeling that uh, weight back in? How do we get the transformation in our life through renewing our thoughts how do we put this Psalm 23 strategy into practice every single day as our head is lifted up off that pillow? Uh, June, you're gonna, we have another, our final segment. We have 12 more minutes for you to share with us all of your insights. Friends, you're gonna wanna stay with us. We're gonna get a word from our sponsors and be right back with June Hunt. Stay with us. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. I'm Kathy Enderbrock in the studio with the wonderful Coach Carrie Brinkator, the amazing Marlene McMichael, and our um our wonderful guest, June Hunt, our honorary love lady, is with us today and we just so love having her with us. Friends, if you have listened to the first two segments of this program and you want to share it with a friend, you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and you can um, pull up that program. Just um, search for June Hunt and you can share that link with your friend. You can also go to our podcast. Um, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, pull up Love Talk, all one word, Love Talk Network. And you can pull up the June Hunt podcast and share that with your friends. Well, June, this has been such an incredible program, and and I want to put this to you. I know that we have listeners today who are saying, well, gosh, you know, anxiety is just the way you live. I mean, it's just how you operate. The world is just difficult, and you can't live in the world without just having anxiety all the time. What would you say to that?
3: We can actually have wrong thoughts. Um, For example, um, in all of our hundred keys that we produce, we have a wrong belief and a right belief. Um, The wrong belief would be, God is disappointed in me for having anxiety, or he doesn't care about me, I just have anxiety, so that's just the way it is. Uh, Nothing can be done about my anxiety, I have no control over anxiety. Uh, so it's like I'm a victim. Well, there's a right belief. Th- that is that God loves me. He cares about every aspect of my my life. And I can face my anxiety in the strength of Christ uh, with his help. He will give me wisdom to guide me and direct me wherever I need help. I'm going to look to him for strength and peace to calm my fearful heart and I will trust him with my life, and with every anxiety-producing situation. In fact, uh, I would say, claim this scripture. It's uh, Psalm 28, verse 7: "The Lord is my strength and my shield; my heart trusts in him, and he helps me." The the point of that is, he is if he's if you've humbled your heart and received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, giving him control of your life. Um, it's not like, well, that's just some spiritual thing over here that doesn't really impact my daily living. That would not be true. So what we are to do is to evaluate our situations. Um, Somehow I I came up, you made me think about a situation that occurred years ago. There was a couple who came to me, and it was unusual, uh, very unusual they had a young boy whom they would not allow to be around any body of water meaning if the family some you know few doors down had a swimming pool they would not allow that child because mm-hmm. they were they had all this anxiety that this little boy would drown and they kept talking about it and they you know and it was very interesting because i thought it's unusual i think for a mom and a dad to be on the same page with that not allowing any go to a lake go to a river anything like that and so i said are you aware that the bible says that god is the one in charge of the the life the the our birth as well as he knows our last day. He already knows it before we were born. In fact, in Psalm 139, verse 16, the Bible says, All, your, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. That's the Bible before, or his book, the book of life, before one of them came to be. And they looked at me. I said, And in Job 14:5, it says, A person's days are numbered. You have decreed the number of his months and have set the limits he cannot exceed. So I said, your son cannot die before God's time. And they went, oh, uh, no, we didn't know that. Both of them agreed. They didn't know that. And I said, so what could you do to protect your son if you're afraid of water that he could drown? And they looked at me. I said, now think about it. If if that is your anxiety, what could the solution be? And finally, the husband says, well, we could give him swimming lessons. I said, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did. I got this letter from them. Now they're at peace. They had been living with all this anxiety, knowing that they were not going to be able to protect him as he grew up older uh, from being around water. So what we need to realize is... There is the element of God Almighty who created us, and we need to look at what what do we need to think about in our lives. For example, um, evaluate what are you saying? What you know? How can God God's word calm your anxious heart? So we have in our keys a list of things like if you say. I'm afraid my situation's impossible. Well, the Lord says, I can make all things possible. In fact, Luke 18:27 says, What is impossible with man is possible with God. If you say, well, I, I'm just not wise enough. Well, the Lord says, I will give you wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously and without fault. It will be given to you. That's James 1, 5. So if you say, well, I feel anxious over all the cares of the world. I hate what's going on in this world. Well, the Lord says, cast all your anxieties on me. And not only in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, Psalm fifty five twenty two. Kind of interesting, Fifty five twenty two. Kind of easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Cast your cares on the Lord mm-hmm. and he will sustain you. Mm-hmm. If you say, well, I'm just... Overwhelmed with, with fear and anxiety. The Lord says, I will give you my strength when you're afraid. Isn't that interesting? This is Psalm 51, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so, and by the way, sometimes it's over issues of unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it could be guilt, huge guilt. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm so anxious, I, I just can't forgive myself. Mm-hmm. There are many people who say this. They they don't mm-hmm. understand that God has already applied, uh, uh, su- supplied the, the provision for this. The Bible actually says, and this is where you give them, His Holy Word, the the passage of 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But to tell a person who's not been exposed to the Bible, and I was not exposed for a number of years. I didn't have a knowledge of any scripture except the Lord's Prayer. That was it. And then when I began to see people who were youth. They were high school students and they were they had a stability in their lives that I certainly did not have. But I could tell they had something and I wanted whatever that something was. I had no idea. It was they had humbled their hearts and given uh their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, asking him to take control of their lives. I didn't know that language, never heard of it, never heard of the gospel, never heard of um, uh, Jesus. I knew Jesus died on a cross. That was it. That's all I knew. And then to find that you can have a personal relationship with Him, what a difference! And I even questioned, "Is that true? Is that really true?" I was more math oriented. I'm like I'm logical. I, <laughs> what What do you mean a personal relationship? Because I'd never heard of this. I was not in a biblically based church. Well, you know. And for example my my fear, my anxiety was uh, being abandoned mm-hmm. because there were threats uh, at times that my father would verbalize, and um, it was and when you have an unstable home, it's hard, so uh, you know, I could say, well, I'm anxious uh, that uh, any loved one that I would have would leave me or that I, I just don't feel secure. Well, the Lord says to us, once you've come to me uh, and yielded your will to my will, I will never leave you. So this became, I'm going to give you, my scripture that I needed. I—it uh, I, It is today my favorite scripture, and it's nobody else's because nobody else even knows it. It's Deuteronomy <laughs> 31.8. The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And if I, if, if anyone identifies with me, say, well, I need that. I'm going to encourage you to personalize it where you would say, the Lord Himself goes before me and will be with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I will not be afraid. I will not be discouraged. Mm-hmm. Again, that's Deuteronomy 31 8. And mm-hmm. I suggest read it in the morning, read it again this, sometime during the day, and thank Him for for the truth of this. Mm-hmm. And then read it just before you go to bed. And I think He will calm your mm-hmm. fearful. Spirit. June, mm-hmm.
1: we just want to thank you so much for your time today. We so adore you and your wisdom. We could listen to you all day. Um, And I I thank you for your practical tips today um, to calm a fearful heart, friends. You know, when you're dealing with anxiety, it can be crippling, as June said. So I pray that these uh, very practical tips will help you along the way of calming the fearful heart. Jean does have her book out, Anxiety, Calming the Fearful Heart. Friends, we love you. We're out of time here on Love Talk, but we love you. You can find us on all the socials, um, Love Talk Network. And for Kathy Anderbrock, Marlene McMichael, and our honorary love lady, June Hunt, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.